morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Baer's Moving Markets podcast. It's Tuesday, the 9th of May, and my name is Helen Freer. Coming up on today's show, I'll be speaking to my colleague, Mike Rauber, about the latest market news, and then I'll be talking digital assets with Manuel Villegas. So let's get started. And first up is Mike, as I mentioned. Good morning, Mike. So what can you tell us about equity markets in the US yesterday? Good morning, Helen. So after a strong showing on Friday, the S&P 500 ended the day just slightly up. It managed, however, to recover during the day following a brief drop, which came on the back of the midday release of the Fed's senior loan officer survey. It showed tighter credit standards for all types of loans and a deterioration in collateral value, so indicating some growth headwinds ahead. But overall, this data release was not much of a surprise with the issues around regional banks. On the day, four of the 11 major sectors in the S&P 500 rose, with communication services the best performer and real estate being the laggard. The tech-heavy Nasdaq 100 benefited from gains in chip makers, including AMD and NVIDIA. But overall, the picture for U.S. stocks has remained unchanged since early April, as better-than-expected earnings or overall corporate reports are helping to offset fears around slower growth and the health at regional banks. And what about treasuries? How did they do yesterday? Yes, they were a little changed, uh, Helen, with a 10-year yield at 3.5% and a 2-year yield at 4%. Investors are awaiting tomorrow's U.S. inflation report for some guidance for future interest rate moves. While the market continues to price in cuts for year-end by the U.S. Federal Reserve, in somewhat of a sea change, Goldman Sachs also joined Barclays now in no longer expecting the U.S. Central Bank to cut rates this year. And so ahead of the U.S. inflation report tomorrow, we also see companies trying to access the new issue bond market. And so Apple has come to the market with a 5.25 billion U.S. dollar offering in five parts. Overall pricing shows that the largest company in the world was able to get much more favorable terms than initially indicated as it saw high demand. And what I thought was especially interesting, as a sign of trust in Apple, it was able to issue a bond maturing in 30 years, so in 2053. And what about in Europe? I know the UK was closed yesterday, but what about the other European markets? Yes, in fact, Europe overall was little changed yesterday, so like the US. On Eurozone inflation, we heard from ECB chief economist Philip Lane, who noted that there is a lot of momentum. And some news out of Sweden this morning, with its biggest commercial landlord, SBB, announcing a halt of the payment of its dividend after suffering a rating cut. This is just another sign of the funding squeeze gripping Sweden's property sector, um, which seems to be worsening. And how are markets in Asia looking so far this morning? Yeah, so Japanese shares are clearly outperforming by 1%, and the topic index is approaching its highest level since August 1990. And this is even as a report showed that household spending was down a greater than expected 1.9% on the year in March. Hong Kong, it is lower, but Chinese stocks are a little changed, having given up some of the today's gain during the day. Um, outperformers there are state-owned firms and real estate firms um, on the hopes of policy support. But uh, overall trade data out of China is showing that exports rose 8.5% in April, beating forecasts, signaling global demand remains robust. But imports dropped greater than expected 7.9% on the year it was reported. 
Let's look ahead to today then. Anything in particular to look out for? Yeah, overall, one can say the day is light on economic data releases, uh, but be on the lookout for the release of the U.S. Small Business Optimism Index, a good indicator on how U.S. small caps firms are coping with the mentioned tighter credit standards. And some earnings releases today with Alcon, Airbnb, and Occidental Petroleum being among the companies reporting. But overall, lastly, just taking a look at the European Equity Futures Boards, uh, I see slight greens. Um, so let's see what the day brings. Great. Thank you very much, Mike, for the roundup. Thank you. Let's move on to you now, Manuel, and talk about digital assets. What are the latest developments in the crypto space? Good morning, Ellen. Absolutely. So in an utter display of dominance, Jerome Powell continued to showcase that U.S. monetary policy is still in the driving seat for digital assets. As soon as the latest Federal Open Market Committee decision of hiking an additional 25 bips came across, major cryptos, which had been trading range-bound for several days, retraced around 4%. There's no question macroeconomic policies are on the driving seat for the asset class and will remain there. But even though the regulatory and macroeconomic conditions in the U.S. Remain in the center of attention, the Bitcoin blockchain has temporarily hijacked the spotlight with the BRC20 tokens and a meme coin craze. And is this meme coin craze likely to have an impact on blockchains? No. Over the weekend, there were over 500,000 unconfirmed transactions queued on the Bitcoin blockchain. This is something that has never happened. And it's eventually materialized into Bitcoin's new all-time high of 692,000 daily transactions just a couple of days ago. With the extremely high demand, transaction fees soared to $20 per transaction. It's a very stark contrast from last week's average of $1.2 per transaction. And BRC20 tokens are essentially a Twitter user's experiment to mimic ERC20 token standards from Ethereum. The only thing is that BRC20 tokens do not interact with smart contracts as do the ERC20 tokens. These are just fungible tokens and the conception of ordinals inscriptions. Since the rise of BRC20 tokens a mere couple of weeks ago, more than 10,000 tokens have been created. And these are now valued at almost $1 billion. And Bitcoin maximalists are on their toes as it is simpler than ever to create a new token, highlighting the fact that it is now more important than ever to do appropriate research. Bitcoin is not the only beneficiary of the meme coin craze, as Ethereum validators are also getting a piece of the pie. Pepe is the latest meme coin with a value that skyrocketed to slightly above $1 billion. And as you might have guessed, it is an ERC-20 token. And what would you say investors need to keep in mind before investing in these alternative coins? You know, I I, I would first take into account that the main benefit from this meme coin craze is is that volumes have gone on a tremendous increase, increasing blockchain demand and gas fee. And as it happens with the Ethereum blockchain, the higher demand, the more Ethereum is being burned as a result. So the blockchain's deflationary situation is unlikely to stop anytime soon. It's very optimistic for Ethereum prices on on a supply perspective. And the conditions were characterized by the largest number of transactions 
the Ethereum blockchain had experienced since the collapse of FTX, which drove Ethereum gas fees through the roof, taking the average transaction fee in Ethereum to almost 18 US dollars, which is an increase of 100% in just a week's time. The week was also represented as the highest daily Ethereum burn since a year ago, taking the cumulative value of the total burned ETH to more than $9.5 billion. So even though the blockchains have had a sound performance, despite the ongoing US banking crisis, with the use cases of blockchain technology continuing to increase, a widespread lack of research can potentially endanger many of the positions in the new meme coin frenzy. Even though the blockchains have had a sound performance and the use cases continue to increase, it is essential to understand that most of the meme coins have questionable use cases at best. On another note, the monetary and regulatory policy landscape will continue to have the most influence over the asset class. And with that, back to you, Helen. Great. Thanks very much, Manuel, for joining me this morning. So that is all for today. Thank you again to today's guests and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We would love to hear your feedback. And do join us again tomorrow when Bernadette will be back with more of our colleagues, including Dario Messi, who will give us an update on the fixed income space. I wish you all a great day and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.